Good morning. It's 11 minutes before 7 a.m. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, April 5th, 2022. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. Last month, a man fell more than 1,000 feet down the side of a snowy peak behind Sitka. Not only did Jeff Wright live to tell the tale, albeit with serious injuries, he says the misadventure helped sharpen his appreciation for the outdoors. 61-year-old Jeffrey Wright is a lifelong Sitkin and an avid outdoorsman. I've always been interested in the outdoors, and it, it kind of uh, it declined a bit when uh, my father passed away in 98. We did a lot in the outdoors, boating and stuff. But in 2018, a heart attack moved hiking to the forefront of his life. And I realized at that point that I needed to make a change in my lifestyle. Uh, I lost 40 pounds. I started watching what I ate. And then we started, you know, hiking parks all over the West Coast. He's hiked every trail in Sitka, but Mount Verstovia is his favorite. The trailhead is only a 15-minute walk from his home. He's hiked it at least 14 times in the last year alone. He always has a plan, and he tells his girlfriend Carrie where he's going. But he really likes solo hiking. There's something about doing something by yourself. You know, you're, you're in the moment. You're absolutely awake, absolutely alive. So far this winter, he'd hiked up Mount Verstovia at least half a dozen times, with one goal in mind, hiking the full trail in the snow. But every time he tried, the conditions weren't quite right to make it far beyond Picnic Rock, a granite outcropping situated just over 2,500 feet above the trailhead. It was either too windy or the snowpack was too soft, even with snowshoes, to traverse the saddle to the summit, which rises another 800 feet. But on March 26th, the snowpack was firm and the skies were clear. And I knew pretty much right away that that was the day. I had um, snowshoes on and I wasn't uh, sinking that far and I was able to pretty much scamper up that slope to Picnic Rock, you know, compared to the previous seven times, much, much easier. He made it about two-thirds of the way from Picnic Rock to the next landing, and the snow got harder. He took off his snowshoes, replacing them with spikes, and then just shy of 3,000 feet elevation, he took a photo, smiling into his cell phone's camera with a panorama of peaks and a bluebird sky behind him. It was just absolutely beautiful up there. Um, it was, it's really indescribable. Climbing a bit higher and arriving at a narrow ridge that's generally known as the sketchiest part of the summit route, Wright says he underestimated the snowpack. And that's when he slipped. I made a mistake. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have crossed at that point because uh, once I fell, I, it was, I was on the way and uh, there was no stopping. Early in the fall, he was aware enough to reach for nearby branches to try to stop himself, but then he picked up speed. It was basically like a luge, you know, like an Olympic luge. That's the, that's the feeling I kind of had. It was kind of like, you know, a swervy type path, and it was really, it was really, it was going really, really fast. As he slid down the side of the mountain, he hit snow boulders that would explode and spray him in the face with powder. But then things changed, and, and everything went went like a yellow, whitish, and it was it was clear. That's what I was seeing, and I got very calm. There was no pain. I had no fear. 
It was very peaceful. And the next thing I know is I'm reaching for my phone. Wright had been knocked unconscious for over half an hour. And when he sat up, there was a pool of blood beneath his head. His GPS remained on, and he would later calculate that he'd fallen more than 1,100 feet over the course of a couple of minutes. Likely in shock, he stood up, hoping he could hike out of the snowfield. And I felt a pop in my right hip. Now, it wasn't painful, and it, ultim- it turned out to be a fractured pelvis. Uh, but I knew I couldn't hike out of there. And that was very, very concerning to me. Wright's phone somehow survived the fall. He was able to dial 911 and reach dispatchers in Sitka. About half an hour later, he guided an air station Sitka helicopter to his location. I was like waving furiously, and they saw me. They, of course, they did, and they turned the nose of the. And it was a very emotional moment. I knew I was going to live. Wright spent several days in the hospital, and now he's out and about on crutches and healing. In addition to the broken pelvis, he suffered an injury to his lower spine, a laceration on the back of his head requiring five stitches, and a bruise the size of a turkey dinner plate on his hip. People are um, surprised that I'm alive, and, and I understand that. But, you know, I've experienced things far greater in my life. I mean, I had a heart attack, you know, um, and I rate that fall with this heart attack as far as severity. And there's, there's other things that have happened that I've overcome that were much, much greater. And that, that helps me um, not downplay what happened to me, but it puts it into perspective. Wright says he's thankful for the first responders from the Coast Guard and Sitka Mountain Rescue, and he won't make the same mistake in the future. He says fellow hikers should do what they're comfortable with and what they're prepared for. And while solo hiking isn't for everyone, it's still for him. This isn't going to change who I am. I I learn from my mistakes. I'm I'm still going to go back to Yosemite. I'm still going to go back to Zion and Grand Canyon. This is, you know, this isn't going to break my spirit. I'm not going to change who I am. I'm going to continue to enjoy the outdoors and enjoy hikes and um, maintain my good health. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. As of Monday, wearing face masks inside Juno's public schools is optional. The district's Board of Education made the decision last month after the city's COVID-19 risk level was lowered. KTOO's Bridget Dowd visited three schools on Monday to see how students and staff were feeling about the change. Many of the students filing into Juno Douglas High School, Yada Atkle, Monday morning were still wearing face coverings despite the change. Joelle Corpus was one of the students still wearing a mask. I have a lot of upcoming things coming up with like the Alaskan Association of Student Government and a few interviews going on as well for a summer job. Uh, so I have a lot going on right now and just don't really want to risk it. Corpus says it looked like most people in the school were still wearing masks that morning, but she expected people to take them off throughout the day because some students might not have known yet that masks were optional. A few minutes later, Esteban Demert was heading to class and had his mask pulled down to his chin. I only brought a mask to like in case I go anywhere besides here. 
Demert says he's looking forward to having a little more normalcy. It's just going to be good to see people's faces again. A few miles down the road at Riverbend Elementary School, Principal Elizabeth Peisel Davis says kindergartners stared at her in amazement that morning as they unloaded from school buses. Because I didn't have my mask on, they were looking at me with these big eyes and I could just hear their thoughts of, Whoa, that's what you look like? By mid-morning, students were running around in gym class, mostly mask-free. Fourth grader Alani Zeller says she was excited to take her mask off. When we were in gym, then we just sweat, then the sweat goes into your mask, and you have to change it all the time, and it breaks so easily. I'm kind of fed up about it. Other students were looking forward to eating lunch without plastic dividers between them and their friends. Most of the staff appeared to be maskless, too. Natalie Ward teaches fourth and fifth grade at the school. She says most of her students weren't wearing them, but still respected those who were. Some of them I feel like I have never seen their full face before, so some of them were walking, and I was like, who is, oh my gosh, so-and-so. Ward says she's happy to see their faces again, too, because reading aloud and communicating nonverbal cues was a struggle with masks on. But Riverbend third grade teacher Christy Martz is keeping hers on for now. You just never quite know what's going to happen. COVID's very good at throwing curveballs. Martz says she hopes to protect her child, who's too young to be vaccinated. By early afternoon, it was a mixed bag at Zonta Kahini Middle School. Sixth grader Arielle Washington says most of the kids in her classes weren't wearing masks, and she wasn't wearing one either. I think the virus is getting better as the days go on, so I'm just like honestly not wearing it as much. Sometimes I used to forget my mask, and if I forget my mask now, it doesn't really matter. Other middle schoolers were still wearing face coverings because they were afraid it wasn't safe yet or because they didn't want to stand out among their peers. Masks are expected to remain optional in schools as long as Juno is at a medium or low risk level. In Juno, I'm Bridget Dowd. And that's all for Raven News for this hour. You can listen to or read our stories again on our website at kcaw.org. You can also read comments on our stories on Facebook. Just click the Facebook link and you can have KCAW News headlines tweeted directly to your smartphone, tablet, or computer. That's available on the Twitter link. Well, it's 7 a.m. Thanks so much for tuning in this morning. Let's take a quick look at the weather forecast for today. Rain and snow showers in the forecast becoming all rain after 1 p.m. Sun thunder is also poss- possible. Patchy fog before 7 a.m. Otherwise cloudy with a high near 43 degrees. Southwest winds 10 to 15 miles per hour and chance of rain 70%. In the community calendar, Friends of Sheldon Jackson Museum hold the donation match challenge through April 30th. Registration for Sitka Seed Library, located at Sitka Public Library, is now open as well. And finally, Tongass National.